Hello and welcome to the Netball Nation podcast. I'm Emma Louise Jones and I'm joined by former England Roses captain and director of netball at Loughborough Lightning, Sarah Bayman, and ex-England international and head coach at Leeds Rhinos, Maggie Birkenshaw. Hello to both of you ladies. How are you doing today, ladies? I'm very well. How are you, Sarah? Yeah, good, thank you. I'm just happy that you're both back for round two. Yes. Did you surprised, I'm surprised you wanted us back. <laughs> well, we had a good time last week, didn't we? I know, yeah. Are you yeah. ready for more of that? Let's have some. Welcome to Netball Nation. Right then, uh, on today's show, we've got quite a lot to chat about, as I'm sure you two will already know. Um, the quad series got underway on Sunday and it didn't disappoint at all, did it? Uh, we have England and Australia both off to a winning start and we'll be discussing their performances ahead of this weekend's games at the Copper Box Arena in London. We've got Loughborough Lightning with their Woo! first home win of the Vitality and Super And it was League. awesome. I was there. Let's hear it for Sarah. Yay! We all got one prediction right. Yes. Oh yeah, we'll come on to that in a bit, actually. Uh, we'll also be discussing in the other second round results and ensuring Sarah pays up after last week's oh, score predictions. We're not forgotten about that, my love. Uh, but first, let's talk <laughs> about the opening games of the quad series, which saw Australia take on South Africa and England against New Zealand. So it was Australia uh, 62, South Africa 45 and England beat New Zealand 54-41. Yeah, so, good games. Straight in there, Sarah, go. Yeah, um, I, well... Obviously, I love watching the internationals. Really impressed with England, um, but I mean, the first game, impressed with South Africa for the start first, of the game. Oh, first, up to the first half, I'd say, I thought South Africa, woo, they're, they're pushing yeah. here. They really were. Really? I think I think South Africa's problem is they've got a seven, mm. a seven and maybe an eight, and that's about it. Yeah, no and depth. No, no, not much depth. And I think Norma Plummer said it herself afterwards as the coach that, you know, she doesn't see them as much as some of the international teams see each other. And and so it's difficult. And going into a World Cup, you've got game after game after game on consecutive days. And to play that with mm. not much depth in your squad is going to be tough. But when they pull it together, that first quarter against oh. Australia, you put you put the wind up them, didn't you? So like that's got to be promising for them. I think it's, it's a, a massive step for South Africa. I mean, I, they're there or thereabouts. And it's that managing to sort of play the game and finish the game out that's what they need to work on but like Norma Plummer says so many of her girls are playing abroad playing you know either in well in England or Australia New Zealand and she just doesn't have them to to get them to gel to work together and the girls that are on the sideline they're pushing but just clearly not pushing enough to make it into that top seven. I, I was a, I was a little bit surprised at what Australia started with if I'm being honest I think you could see that that combination hasn't played a lot of netball together. Mm. Um, second half, when they st- when they put more familiar combination on, um, you had Steph Wood out there, oh, Kelsey she was Brown, my player of the match for me. Yeah, Wood. and and you you could just see the connections were stronger, yeah, and so yeah. I think there was an element of of trying to sort of build that first starting combination. Yeah. But then as soon as it was going a little bit wrong, it was like right get these guys on who play together often, yeah, no, and you could see you could see the difference there. Yeah. Right, ladies. Well, I think you've pretty much read my mind and answered all the questions I was going to ask <laughs> without me asking him. That's amazing. Uh, so, Mags, let me ask you um, about the Roses. What do you make of their performance on Sunday? I thought it was a solid performance from the Roses and it was lovely to see, you know, um, Hartman back on the on the court. I think it's, what was it, 2016 since she yeah. last played in wow. England. So, Joe Hartman was Fabulous to see her. And, the you know, the combinations, it was England's best seven. Not wanting to miss out um, Beth Cobden, because obviously Beth Cobden was the one that was missing, that would normally have been on the court, I'm sure. Um, but I think it was a solid team with a solid performance, uh, and they played it for the full 60 minutes. They yeah. gave heart and soul to that game. I, I think 
what what you saw from England on Sunday was just typical of a team with confidence. Like I think in previous years when we haven't been used to beating Australia and yeah. New Zealand, you go yeah. into half time level or one up or one down and the the mood in the dressing room is very much one of nerves because you know yeah. a big second half's come in and yeah. more often than not England would end up losing those games Sunday they just looked so in control yeah, of that did. performance so confident and they never looked like they thought they were going to lose it no, and I'm, likewise sorry New Zealand never looked like they thought they could win it no it was all the hype as well that had been built up around this New Zealand squad about what Nolene had been doing with them you know the, the, the physical stuff as well as the psychological stuff she'd been working with them she'd set her limits you know she had her conditions and brought the team that had managed to breach that those limits and so for me I was like well what are we going to see yeah. what is she bringing across here and it didn't seem to make any difference this started well but just I, couldn't finish it I out. Think, and I was a little bit disappointed if I'm honest with you I I was too but then I think thinking about it it's going to take time isn't it yeah. you know she's she's not had very long no. she's not had her players for very long and actually, she's kind of put a stake in the ground saying, you know what, if you don't meet these expectations fitness-wise in your behaviours on and off court and what you put out there as a performance, then then you're not going to make it. And she's cut some big, big players, yeah, you has. know. Katrina Grant wasn't there. No. Tapia Selby-Rickett isn't touring. Like, there's some big names that she's just kind of gone, no, you're not what I want yeah. right now. And I think... At, there was improvement. The first half was, was first better. Half was better. But the second yeah. half, it, it, I think that's the telling that... It's that regime hasn't been in no. place for very long. And soon, here we go, the first name check. Yeah. Casey Kapoor. Yes, back on Casey court. Kapoor. Because we've decided we might just have to have a little bit of a... Em- Emma's guessed the name. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I'm terrible yeah. at pronouncing <laughs> them. So Casey Kapoor, it is an easy one. Laura Langman. Laura Langman. Thank yeah. you. Yeah. yeah. How important are players like that? Well, I think, number one, I mean, she was an absolute legend in her time in that circle. So it was nice to see uh, Casey back. She didn't, um, I think she she controlled the circle. She did a really, really good job. But I think it was telling as well, because when you come up against the likes of Houseby and Harton, you know, they were cutting through that circle at the best of times, like a hot knife through butter. Um, but she did make a difference. It's that experience, the rest of the team believe in her. She's that guard at the back, but still wasn't sufficient. No, um... I, I, I genuinely thought she was amazing on Sunday. For, to, to miss that amount of international mm. netball and come back like she did, yeah. I thought was was really, really impressive. I think when they get that defensive unit sorted out, because New Zealand have always played a very sort of unit style of defence rather than one-on-one, I think when the people in front of her are doing what she needs mm. them to be doing and she's got a good, better connection with the goalkeeper, because her and Jane Watson haven't played together no. that much either. I think when they get that unit sorted out, they're, they're going to be scary again. Like you look at rebounds, some of the rebounds Casey pulled in, like unbelievable. Yeah, and positioning was yeah, just on, like yeah, she, she hasn't lost any no. of that. So I was really impressed with her. And I think they she was kind of the standout for me. I was a little bit disappointed with Maria Tutaya's yeah. performance. I was... I wasn't disappointed. I was slightly underwhelmed with Laura Langman's performance, considering how good she is. Um, and I don't think any anyone in their team really stood out other than Casey. And part of that was because she's been missing so long. You kind of go, oh, like, thank God she's there back. She is. <laughs> thank how God. important is it? Because um, it's quite intriguing that you both said when they've not played for a while or they've not played together. How important is that for them to have a relationship to to be playing with each other? I think it's massively important because for some, we work in units. 
you know, so for me that plays in the circle or played in the circle, mm. you know, it was it almost has to be like a second sense that the, you can close your eyes and just know that if you move to your right, that you've got your other play in the circle that's going to move across and cover for you. If you go out, they've got your back. And it, and it is, it's that mirroring each other and having that faith in each other. And it's it's hugely important. I, I think I think you saw that at the weekend that, mm. that Casey and Jane Watson have, have got a partnership that's building. Um, like domestically, mm. Casey plays with Kelly Jury, who's not on this tour. Right. They play really well together um but i think they could be lethal but they need time together mm. um and whether they get that or not before world cup I, i'm not sure because i don't know new zealand's mm. schedule but it's it's going to be touch and go whether or not they get enough time together to, to right. make a difference to that i think time will tell uh, there's also something else i wanted to ask you about sarah something that was on your twitter and oh, i saw dear. this earlier this week no nothing bad don't okay, worry okay. no panic required <laughs> unless you, there's something you want to share with the group no <laughs> not not today <laughs> um it was uh sherelle mcmahon i got oh, that right didn't i i got that yes. name right thank you Tizzle uh, dazzle. giving a talk to um like the next generation of melbourne Vixen, vixens players how important is it for people like that to sort of come and be chatting to the young players and the players that are coming through yeah huge and i think it's something that australia do really really well new zealand do quite well and england do terribly at the minute in terms of using the ex-players and kind of the legacy that they have you know, when, when Sherelle was talking to that group, um, they were actually AFL women's players, um, but the Melbourne team, for, for them to know so much netball knowledge and that girl to be like, I remember in 1999 when you shot that winning World Cup <laughs> wow. goal. that That's insane. But f in 15 years time, if you stick Helen Howesby in a yeah. school yeah. or, or in will, a college, how many of them will know or some remember. of them will be like, I remember when you shot that winning goal mm. at Commonwealth Games. So I think... It's amazing what Sherelle does, and she's an incredible woman herself, but it's amazing to use those players. And I think we need to get better at it, and especially from the success of Com Games, that actually you send the players out there and give give girls and young players and boys, all, all the youngsters, something to aspire to be. I mean, Sarah, how much of that have you done in your career? Um, I've, done, I've done a little bit, um, and I think... What I'm saying about us being really poor in this country, I probably did as much when I spent a year playing in New Zealand than I have done in my entire time playing wow. in England. So what go. about you, Max? A lot through schools, local stuff. It's always that story, isn't it, that the news one of the local girl doing good. Yeah. So you go back to your school, or your primary school or your high school, that that kind of thing. And then through my old job, they wanted to promote the work with, you know, the sport and excellence, but hardly any really. What kind of, then based on that experience, the little experience that you've been allowed to have doing that, what kind of reaction have you got from younger players or people who've been there that you've spoken to? It's always overwhelmingly yeah. positive because I think, I think youngsters always just want to, soak up those experiences and, and know what it's like so that they can prepare themselves as well. They can aspire to be that person. They can prepare for what's yeah. to come. They can get an idea of, of what it's like to be an athlete. So I think it I think it makes a huge impact. I think what what I'd love to see is the likes of Joe Harton or Serena Guthrie going into like an England rugby under 19s male team and giving them a talk because actually the experiences are the same, regardless of gender, regardless of sport, the the kind of sensations of pressure and being in that environment are, are completely relevant cross sport and cross gender. So um, yeah, I'd love to see that happening. That's a really good idea mm. and maybe we can make that happen. Be good Let's that. see. Um, <laughs> um, and also I wanted to ask you on that note, what can the younger ladies sort of learn from watching the top teams play the quad series? Other than just being in awe of them, 
you know it's it's that opportunity for them to see what years and years and years of hard work leads to bear in mind none of these girls are, are, are born into this world you know you choose it sometimes by accident you end up with you know doing it at school and hating it to start off with and then somebody saying that you know i think you could go a long way in this but let's not forget it takes a lot of your time it takes, uh, you know, a lot of heartache. You've got to make a lot of sacrifices. You know, I'm sure Sarah will sit here and tell you that she's missed lots of family events, loads of her own, uh, you know, uh, her own birthdays, a family's weddings. Don't miss my own Christians. birthday. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's right. You're Never always about came. that, aren't you? <laughs> but it does take a huge amount of sacrifice if you want to make it to the top. And, and there's none of us know that that's going to happen the day that we're born or we pick up that first netball. It, it Sometimes it's just by chance, but then... Once you've been selected or you're in that programme, it's a lot of hard work and sacrifice. It isn't just by chance, though, is it? Because as you two know, it requires unbelievable, like you say, unbelievable hard work and dedication. And do you think a lot of people, when they are starting out, don't comprehend just how much hard work? Yeah, and I think part of it is you see the really nice stuff. So you see the game on Sunday, and that is the absolute best part of being a netballer. Like that that's what you live for. You want to play a game like mm. that every day. Yeah, you want to be in front of a big crowd. You yeah. want to be at home. You want to mm. be against the top nations. 99% of it is stuff you don't see. So it's been in the gym. It's getting up at silly o'clock in the morning to get sessions done. It's been, you know, tired and sore and angry or injured and annoyed about a bad performance. So I think that's the other side of it. But I think it's important that the young players see the best side of it because that that's what everyone wants to do. And I think the other great thing about it is if if you're a young shooter or a young goalkeeper, you've got the likes of Joe Harton and look what they're doing and look what Jeeva Mentor's mm. doing because, yeah, she's undoubtedly doing it better than you're doing it at the minute. But if you can steal something from their game and put it into your own, why wouldn't you? And the pathways that they've got now, Sarah, the pathways are now offering those opportunities for children at a much younger, younger age. And a lot more is being, well, a lot more is demanded of those kids within that pathway, uh, more than it ever was of me. But it gives them that experience and that kind of a feel of it at a very, very young age, the commitment that you're going to have to throw at this, because it is, it's tough. I like that. We're answering all the questions here at My Netball Nation, <laughs> aren't we? Uh, moving on then, this weekend, the quad series fixtures we've got to look forward to. Uh, Saturday, Australia v New Zealand and England v South Africa. Uh, Sunday, New Zealand v South Africa. And the final match of the series <laughs> sees a rematch of the Commonwealth oh. Games gold medal match. Clear your Sunday schedule, yes. people. <laughs> Do nothing. Mm. England v Australia and uh, possibly the series decider. So, Australia v New Zealand, first ladies, physical fixture this. Uh, what are your predictions? I'll go to you first, Mags. Australia to win. Yeah, I think Australia will win. New Zealand have beaten them in the last year. Um, but I think Australia will probably have, have too much for them um, on Saturday. Um, but, I mean, they genuinely dislike each other quite a lot, so it's worth watching if, for oh, that, yes. if nothing else. I think it's like the Leeds United and the Man U game, isn't it? Oh, when they were two play. A lot of drama then. Mm. Yeah. I'll be watching it. Yeah. Go on. Mm. Uh, and also England v Australia. I feel like we needed another... So yeah, there we go, there we go. That's the biggie, isn't it? That On is the biggie. Sunday, yeah. Mm. So, ladies, what do you think both coaches are going to be putting out in terms of a starting seven for the match? Oh, oh. that's a I'll tough go question. go to you first, Sarah. I think England will start with what they started last Sunday. I think um, that Tracy thinks that that's her best starting seven. Um, and I would be surprised if there were changes based on the performance that went out on Sunday. Um, I thought... Nat Haythornthwaite could have probably come on earlier on Sunday, but I don't think she got given opportunity enough to, to get in that starting seven for the Australia game. 
couldn't put it any better. You agree? Yeah, it's you do start a lot of agreeing. This I know, it feels weird, doesn't yeah. it? <laughs> so you, you completely agree with that? Absolutely. I mean, very much like uh, Sarah, I think that Nat Haythornthwaite offers something completely different within that circle. Um, and it would have, I would have liked to have seen her get a little bit more of the game, um, but it is what it is. And, you know, if one wins, they all win. Well, we're very excited and I'm sure we'll be talking about it as well next week at My yeah, Netball Nation. Sure. Uh, but before we talk about the Vitality Super League and round two results, we've had a question coming from Richard regarding the rules around the use of imports in Super League teams. So Richard's flagged that Team Bath used two import players in the shooting circle in their first round match. So, ladies, what's your understanding of the rules and do you think this is allowed? Well, <laughs> I'm going to throw this one over to yeah. Sarah be only because I have my own views, but only okay. because Sarah's in it at the moment. Going to the most undiplomatic. She's <laughs> in it at the moment and so, so understands all the rules. The rule, we as a, as a franchise at, at Lightning interpreted the rule as we couldn't sign two players in the same court area. So we couldn't sign two import shooters. We couldn't sign two import midcourt or defence. How Bath have interpreted it is that they can't have two imports playing in the same area at any one time. So what they did, what they've done is sign Kim Kamein and Beryl Friday, who both predominantly would be shooters, but but they played them a half each. So they were never on court at the same time in the shooting circle. Um, the wording apparently of the rule was a little bit open to um, interpretation and Bath interpreted it differently. So... That's what they've done, but no other team has. And that's that's the sticking point that you've got the ten teams that play within the Super League franchise, Super League, and nine are absolutely fine with the interpretation, and one has pushed it over the line. And what's the feeling towards that one team? Um, I think there's a feeling that 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 they have pushed the boundary on the rules with this. Um, it's it's been okay by England netball, so they're not breaking any rules. But I think um, there's a frustration that these rules get brought in because teams push the boundaries. And so next year, that rule will be tightened up because it's been exploited this year. And so I think if if everyone behaved with a bit more openness and slight more integrity, we probably wouldn't have so many rule changes and so many loopholes being exploited. Sorry, you've said that very diplomatically. Yeah, I'm impressed. Sure. So let me ask you this question then. So how does that affect the other franchises for the rest of the season? Are they now saying, because they have the green light from England netball, that these two players can still or continue to play for the rest of the season so long as they don't play at the same time? Yeah, basically. So they can either play in separate court areas, so you could play one as a wing attack, yeah. or they've got to play at different times so you could put one on for a half the other one on for a half I, I think I think the the reason we interpreted the rule as we did was because and as every other franchise well did. yeah it was because our understanding was that it was to try and prevent um, English players or UK based players um, not having an opportunity because of an import yeah whereas if you if you've interpreted it as Bath have I, I don't think that that has happened it kind of goes against, in some respects, the fundamentals of what this Super League competition is all about. You know, bringing the best of British out on the courts with, you know, the rules there. You can have two imports. I get all that because that then adds to the drama. You bring these fabulous players in from across the water. But if you if you, if you bring in and, and play in the game like some of the uh, Super League franchises are doing, I think it kind of spoils it for our own homegrown girls who don't get the opportunities. 
Well, I think both of you have made your feelings known on that, Richard. I hope that answers your question. Um, and if you have got any questions that you want answering in next week's podcast or any of the others in the future, uh, tweet them to at MyNetballNation and we'll uh, we'll cover them on next week's show. Very diplomatically. Easier well questions, please, people. <laughs> <laughs> uh, right, next, let's, t- let's move on from that now. Let's <laughs> touch on round two results in the Vitality Super League. So... Loughborough Lightning. Woo! I'll tell you they what. were awesome. I was there. I was watching. I bet you were loving it, were you? So it was 52-44, uh, seven stars. Incredible. Yes. Good to get a first win on the board. Um, and a, a decent performance. You know, we've, we've definitely got things to fix still, um, but a good starting point to, to go forward with. Yep. And uh, a big win as well for, I never know whether it's Celtic or Celtic. I think it's Celtic. Celtic. Yeah. Celtic. Celtic Dragons. Right, there we yeah, go. Yeah, neither of us predicted this. And... I, in the back of my mind, I was like, you know what? Celtic have got a really good, really good team. If if they get it together, the the feisty and the gritty, yeah, they'll, they they'll, never they'll give the teams a good minutes. run. But yeah. never would I have predicted them to no. smash pulls by twenty seven goals. Had done so well the week before. Yeah, yeah. So big up to Dragons. Well done. That was great. Mm. Unexpected, bit of a shock, but a good one. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and also, Stars and Surrey Storm are the only ones not to clock a win yet. Are both teams going to struggle because of that this season? Do you reckon? There's a long way to go. Mm-hmm. I think I think the interesting thing is, had the Thunder-Wasps game been played this week, um, which was postponed because of they had lots of international players missing, there would have only been two teams left unbeaten after two rounds. Yeah. So that's kind of unheard of, like to have such a competitive league from so such early doors. So I think it's going to be tight and teams are going to beat each other. So it's definitely not all doom and gloom for those, for those teams. And likewise, the top teams I think are going to get points taken off them. So um, I think it's going to be interesting come like final shakeup. Well, like you say as well, it is only early doors. It's early doors, yeah. So there is time yet. And also, Sirens pushed Bath close by getting within two goals in the final quarter, but Team Bath managed to pull away and get the win. So, Sarah, get your hands in your pockets and put it in the kitty. Because, just remind us what you both said last week. I said Sirens were going to win, and I will qualify that by the fact that Bath were missing Ebony Ossero-Brown and Serena Guthrie to Mm. international duty. Sirens have beaten Bath in Glasgow for the past two years and it was Sirens' first home game this season. So I was like, yeah, I think they've got it. And then they nearly had it. They were toying with me. <laughs> and then Bath came home strong to win by 10 after just being two up. Not, so, yeah. Was it about eight minutes to go? Or yeah, two so Bath really charged home. So well well done to Bath. So um, Sarah's done it on stats. I did it on a gut feeling. <laughs> yeah, and you win. Yeah. You win, which means yeah. first one in the Christmas part for the, for the party is going in. Yeah. Yeah, um, that's mine. Right, before we wrap this up, ladies, I want to just throw to you two to say, is there anything else that you want to say? Because this is it's it's about netball. So is there anything else that you want to add to it this week? Oh, jeez. There you Put go. Us on the spot. I don't know. Are we allowed to put personal shouts out? Yeah, go for it. Well, I'd just like to say big shout out to my under-17s at Leeds Rhinos Netball, who went down to Loughborough on Saturday and were successful. So that's two from two. Well done, girls. Really proud of you. Yes, well done, well done Sarah. Well, I mean, I'm not going to say well done to them because they beat Loughborough, but... <laughs> <laughs> I wonder why you weren't clapping. <laughs> yeah, I mean, they were all right. Uh, no, it was a very good game, actually. I did enjoy that game. Oh, did game. you get to watch it? Yeah, I did watch that game and I enjoyed it and I thought there was some good good young talent out there. Um, yeah, I think from me, I mean, Stacey wants us to start a... Um, a segment on the wedding planning, but that is not I happening. I think that's an that awesome idea. That not, is happening. Not happening. Hang on, so far so what's what, happened? 
from my end. Yeah, you um, you can say nothing. <laughs> don't you dare, Sarah. Oh, the, the, the hunt for venues is on. It's on. Well, so. why, why don't we, as a weekly event, we, we pick a subject related to the wedding oh, and we all dear. go away. We research it and we bring something to the podcast about the wedding. Yes. So I we're starting this. with venues. Yeah, venues. We're going to have a look. And reason and why. And In fact, put it out yeah, to the, if you've to the got, listeners. If you've got any suggestions for where Sarah and Stacey's wedding can be, tweet at my netball nation. Let us know. If, Maybe you've got If anyone suggests a netball court, they're, they're going to get blocked <laughs> on Twitter. <laughs> you know that's going to happen though. They're going to get yeah. blocked. <laughs> no, but seriously, that's a really good idea. Mm. Let's do that. And if you've got any shout outs that you want or any questions, again uh, or any wedding venue suggestions <laughs> remember to tweet at my netball nation definitely any clubs and schools tournaments and shout out because it's it's great to know what's going out there and going on out there in the netball world so things we don't know about let us know and we will definitely watch it because we're just netball nerds yes and, yeah and we're not just talking about the international stuff the super league stuff all the bits that people don't get to know about we're interested and thank you all for your support yeah definitely because we do a lot of talking here so like you, you can talk to us as well mm. yeah, yeah please just do me. yeah, yeah. Uh, thank you so much for that ladies um my co-host sarah bayman and maggie Birkinshaw. i've been emma louise jones for another week of netball nation now if you've enjoyed the show don't forget to subscribe and give us a little review wherever you listen to your podcast. Please do that. It helps us out. Uh, you can also check out our website at My Netball Nation. And again, all the social channels for more netball news. And uh, we'll see you next week. Thanks, ladies. Thank you. Thank you. This is Netball Nation.